I'd like to invite your attention this morning to Psalm 120. Psalm 120, good to see you here in the Lord's house this morning. Psalm 120, I'll give you a moment to get there. And we begin reading in verse 1 of Psalm 120. Before we read, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask you to bless the reading of your word at this time. Lord, may it speak to all of us and help me, your unworthy servant, as I preach this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Psalm 120, beginning in verse 1, we read, In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper, Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesek, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with, the, with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Today I am beginning a sermon series through the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, the Psalms of Ascent is a section in the book of Psalms that begins right here in Psalm 120 and goes to Psalm 134. Uh, it's a total of 15 Psalms. And in many Bibles, you will read above each Psalm the, psalm, the term a song or Psalm of Ascent or a song of decree, decrees. Uh, why were they called this Psalms of Ascent? Psalms of Decrees. Well, it's believed that these psalms were sung by worshipers who traveled far away as they went to the temple in Jerusalem to attend one of the three major feasts, uh, Passover, Pentecost, or the Feast of Booths. And Jerusalem is located on a hill, and when you traveled to Jerusalem, you were going up because Jerusalem is high up. And so you were ascending up or going up in decrees when you traveled there. And Psalm 120 to 134, according to tradition of what we know, were sung on their way to Jerusalem. Now there's another belief that maybe the Levites in the temple, when they went up the steps, sung that. But most agree that this was sung, these 15 psalms were sung as pilgrims went to Jerusalem to worship. Just think about your Spotify playlist if you're on Spotify. You've got a selection of songs you listen to when you're on the road. Maybe you listen to some worship songs on, on the way to church today. Well, this was their playlist. These 15 uh, chapters were as they traveled to Jerusalem as they sung. And the first of these Psalms of Ascent or Songs of Decrees is Psalm 120, which we just read. And it was the 
one they would sing that would begin the journey to Jerusalem. And interesting is that this psalm is not a very uplifting psalm. You'd think that, you know, the first one would be kind of uplifting, but it's kind of more of a lament than anything else because he begins, In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. In my distress, in my time of trouble, I cried to the Lord. And I want to speak to you on that subject of crying unto God. Uh, something that we all need to do. The word cry here is, I cried, uh, means to call out for help, to call. When I hear you know the terminology, they cried out for help, I'm thinking of somebody who's in desperation, who is in desperate need of something. And that's what the psalmist was needing and what we need. Now, we don't know who, know who the author of this psalm is. It's anonymous, and most of these psalms of decrees are. But he says, in my distress, distress, uh, the Oxford Dictionary defines distress as extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. The original Hebrew uh, in Strong's lectionary states that it's adversity, affliction, and trouble. Uh, it could also be translated, in my trouble I cried to the Lord. The psalmist here, when he wrote this, when he prayed it, and I must remind you that the book, when we come to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is not just to be read. It really wasn't meant to be read like, say, uh, some other books of the Bible, such as Exodus or Mark or Romans. It's meant to be used in worship, whether private or public. Uh, it's meant to be sung or prayed. And so that's very important. Uh, and the psalmist in his great distress was in great distress and he cries out here in this psalm. He is calling out in his time of adversity. I cried in the Lord. Now, what is he crying out? Why is he crying out? Uh, well, he tells us in verse is 2 and 3. Deliver my soul, he says, Lord, from these from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. In other words, he's saying, save me, Lord, from these liars and these deceivers. He is surrounded by people, if you read this whole psalm, that are anti-God, who are, who are, who are hateful, toward the ways of God, who are deceivers and liars. And he's saying, deliver me from these lying lips. And he even uh, states in verse 3, what's going to happen? What will be given unto you? You of a false tongue, you know, sharp arrows of the mighty and the coals of juniper. He says, he's, he's praying for justice, God's justice on these who are afflicting him in his time of trouble. His cry is to be delivered from this land that he is in that is full of liars and deceivers who wish his hurt. And his trust is in God to bring justice upon them uh, for the evil they have done. You know, Scripture tells us that vengeance belongeth to the Lord. He's not bringing vengeance, but he is praying for God's justice. Now, like the psalmist 
we are in a land, and we got to always remember this, that we are a land and an area that is not pro-God. Sometimes we act like it. Sometimes we act like the United States is Old Testament Israel, and that there's some sort of covenant existing between us. It's not. The United States, like all nations of the earth, are fallen. There is no covenant between God and any material nation. There is a covenant with God's people. He is bought with his blood. But we are in a land full of liars and deceivers. So when you hear politicians lying or public officials lying and deceiving you, don't be surprised. That's part of this age we live in. This this is part of this world. And we got to live that way as believers, realizing that. You know, maybe today you're facing some sort of trial that you're going through in your life, some troubles. Now, we all face troubles, let's face it, every one of us. There's nobody come here today says, you know, I don't have any troubles at all right now. You've got some sort of troubles. may not be as bad as others, but man, that's part of life. Life is full of troubles. Read the book of Ecclesiastes, and Solomon will tell you that. But maybe you're facing a personal problem or a struggle that you feel overwhelmed and you're just stressed out about it today. We all go through those times and you don't know what to do. You may be facing problems at work or school or with, uh, or out with your neighbors. It could be a lot of things. Do as the psalmist did. Cry out to God. Cry out to Him. Too often, we're guilty of, when we face problems, of sharing our problems with our good friends. And it's good to share it with our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ. But before you share it with anybody else, share it with God. Because there's a lot of things I can't help you with, or none of the rest of us, if you're going through problems. But going to the sovereign God of the universe, you're going to somebody who does have all the answers, who can help you invite God into your problem don't handle it yourself do as the psalmist did I cried in the Lord now one of the things I love about the Psalms is the honesty that we see with the psalmist throughout the book of Psalms that they will cry out they'll admit their weaknesses a lot of us don't want to admit our weaknesses men are especially bad about that put aside your pride and realize you can't handle it all you've got to realize that I'll tell you a good example, and you don't have to turn there with me because I'm only going to be there a second, but I love in Mark chapter 10 when a blind Bartimaeus, when he sees Jesus, when he hears of Jesus coming, this blind man, and what does he say? It says in verse 47 there, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. We need God's mercy. We need His mercy daily. We need His mercy just to breathe, to live. Every day of a life that you wake up, hey, is a blessing from God. We depend upon God, my friends. And if you think you're depending on yourself, uh, you got problems. The psalmist is honest where he is. And in your walk with Christ, we need to be honest. And share our sorrows with God. As I stated before, is there something that's bothering you that you're struggling with? Don't hesitate to take it to God. Take it to Him. Uh, 
And, and notice also in verse one, I didn't, I haven't mentioned this one, but I wanted to sh- share this. In my distress, I cried in the Lord and what? And he heard me. Very important here in this psalm. Now, when you see the word heard me, you might think, well, of course God heard him. God is God. He hears all things. He knows all things. But the meaning of the word heard me here is that he answered me. He answered me. He was praying in faith. Now, look, he says he heard me, even though he's going through all this trouble, he has confidence and faith in God in his troubles that God has heard him and will answer his prayer. He was praying in faith. I see this again a lot in the book of Psalms. You go to Psalm 3, verses 4 and 5. Psalm chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, where David stated, I cried in the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah, I lay down and slept. I waked, for the Lord sustained me. What did David say here in Psalm 3? I cried unto the Lord. I cried to him for help. He heard me from his holy hill. He heard me from heaven. And I like verse 5. I lay down and slept. Hey, it, it, he, he says, I'm resting in God. I wake. Why? Because God sustained me. Tell you what. Every morning we ought to thank God that He sustained us through the night. He's given us. But here we see that He had faith. He prayed by faith. Go to Psalm 6, uh, where again David here is praying. He states in verse 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Now, I don't know what David was going through. We don't know, but he's going through a rough time. Uh, he, he states in verse 4, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? I'm weary with groaning all the night. Make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. He says, I'm just crying. I'm weeping, Lord. Then verse 7, mine eye is consumed because of grief. You ever got so, when you cry, what happens? Your your eyes turn red, swelling many times. he, He goes on, it waxes old because of all my enemies. Verse 8, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Why? For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Here in this time of trouble and trial, David had confidence. The Lord has heard my prayer. He will answer me. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed. Suddenly, he was praying with faith, trusting in God. David Platt said regarding Psalm 120, he says, the picture here in Psalm 120 is not a psalmist who is saying, in my distress I called to the Lord and he ignored me 
or he wasn't available. I think sometimes we, when we pray, we think God's, you know, not available. Oh, he's available and he, he's hearing your prayers and he will answer our prayers prayed in faith and according to his will. Notice in Luke 18 verse 7 where Jesus said, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Look, God is not like one of your public officials or your boss at work many times who you feel like don't want to listen to you, don't pay no attention to you. God's not like that. Remember, if you're a Christian, he is your father. and He hears your prayers like a heavenly loving father. C.H. Spurgeon says, the ear of our God is not deaf nor even heavy. He listens attentively. He catches the first accent of, of supplication. He makes each of his children confess, he heard me. That's important we remember. We are children of God. Sometimes I think that when we pray, we're like, it's like we feel like we're making a wish. You know, how there, you ever saw those little pools where people throw in a quarter or something, make a wish. I sometimes I think we do that with prayer. That's not prayer, what you're doing there. And don't be wishing. Pray to God. Talk to God. Share with Him. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, and this is a companion to what, uh, the scripture that uh, Brother George read this morning, uh, where, uh, where Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, look, I know this verse and the one that was read in Matthew has been perverted today by a lot of prosperity preachers, these health and wealth preachers who are nothing but false prophets and deceivers. But just because they pervert a scripture doesn't make their, what they're doing is twisting it. When they say, look, if you want to pray, be rich, believe God. You know, give that money to our ministry, believe God and believe you receive it and you'll get that money. That's how a lot of them, you've heard it. The problem is they're taking one verse out of context and building a theology around it. That's always a danger. And when you, when you, when you listen to what Jesus talks on prayer, it all has to be centered around his overall teaching, especially what he teaches in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, which are the Lord's prayer, which always indicates what that our prayer has to be according to the will of God. Thy will be done, not my own selfish things. Verse 22 here in Mark 11 is the key to what Jesus is saying here in verse 24, where he says, have faith in God. Jesus is meaning here, just like the psalmist is meaning, that when you pray, have faith in God. Don't be saying mindless words. Don't just be thinking you're wishing something. Trust God for your problems. Believe God. When you're going through a rough time, believe God that He is your Heavenly Father, that He cares for you. Now, the answer to your prayer may not always be, by the way, the way you like it. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you don't need to, well, if God don't answer it the way you want it, you didn't need it. Uh, that's what we often don't understand. 
Here the psalmist, he says, he heard me. And then, beginning in verse 5, going back to Psalm 120, he, he does give us a lament here. He says, woe is me. I'm in, I'm in, you know, I, I'm just in a terrible situation. It's amazing. He's, he's believing God, but he's also expressing his bad situation. He says, I sojourn in Mesek. I dwell in the tents of Kedar. Now, what does this mean? Well, Mesek was a long, long, long way from, from Israel. It was up in the southeastern edge of the Black Sea. Uh, this is these people. It was northern Turkey. Kedar was in the opposite direction in the Arabian desert. I believe in the southeastern part. I'm not quite, might get those directions, but it was out in the Arabian desert. These were both far away from Jerusalem. These two areas were. These two people of Mesek and Kedar, these were violent tribes. Now, what he is not doing, he's not being literal here. He's being what you might call poetic. He is, he is using this, this terminology in figurative language to describe how far he is from God. Now, we don't know who, or from, from the promised land, not necessarily from God. But what he's saying here is, is that I'm far away from the promised land. I sojourn in Mesek, dwell in the tents of Kedar. This would be like me saying, I sojourn in Canada and dwell in Mexico. He's meaning I'm far away from Jerusalem. I'm far away from the temple. He's writing this so that other people can identify. He may have been in a foreign country. He may have been in Babylon. May have been carried away into captivity. We don't know the date of this psalm. Psalm 120. But he's basically stating, to summarize what he's saying here, he's stating, I'm far away from the promised land of Israel. I dwell among pagans. I dwell among people who are full of hate, who are for war, who are violent, who are deceitful. I'm among people who are not godly. that sound familiar with us throughout our work week if you're a Christian unless you work at a Christian business most of us are around people who are not who, are, who care less about what the Bible says who are anti-God now like the psalmist here we should not be comfortable in this world if you start getting comfortable in this world then there's something wrong with your spiritual life because this world is against the things of God he desired God's peace I heard one person say this is a great psalm to pray Monday through Saturday between Sundays because you're, you're praying and you long to be in God's house with God's people with people who have your faith who, who trust in the Lord to gather and worship Certainly that's true. It's also a psalm, to, a good psalm to pray every day. For we look not for the Jerusalem that, this, that they look for here in the book of Psalms. We look for that new Jerusalem above. And in our earthly pilgrimage, 
we're also on our journey, just like the, those who sang these psalms of ascent. And our journey is to the new Jerusalem. And we got to realize we're in a foreign land. Uh, we're around people who are not pro-God, who are against the things of God. And we must pray, pray, Lord, deliver me. Be with me in my distress. John Greco commented, like those travelers who chose to make the track to Jerusalem, we must and I must make a conscious decision to practice the presence of God peace of God's presence, embrace the lifestyle of our true home, and live as citizens of the kingdom. Wherever we are, there's no place like home. Let's live like it. Our ultimate home is the new Jerusalem. And I believe the reason that this was sung is the first of the ascent, Psalms of Ascent. It was to remind the pilgrims where they were at, where they were traveling was not their home. They were heading to the temple to be with God's people, to worship God there. And my friends, this psalm right here in Psalm 120, a good one to pray, meditate on, and remind yourself, this is not your home. You're going to find hostility here to the gospel. It's a good one for Christians to cry out daily for help and relief. And my friends, as 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 believers in Christ, let's do that every day. Cry to God for our, our needs, not to depend on yourself, knowing that He hears your cry. Wherever you're at, whether uh, He will hear your cry. Trust Him. What are you going through? What are you struggling with? Don't bear it alone. Take it to God. Cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for us. 1 Peter 5, 7 states. If you're here and you're not a Christian today, I want you to realize that you are of this world and you need a Savior. Your sins are against you. The good news is Christ died for sinners. He died for sinners like me. He died for sinners upon the cross. And I call you, my friend, to stop trusting in your own righteousness. Stop trusting on in your own good works, saying, I'm good enough. I'm doing my best to make it in. It's not good enough. Jesus Christ died for sinners and rose again three days later. And, and, and Paul tells us in Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can cry unto God, cry unto Him in faith. And I pray the Holy Spirit will give you faith and repentance to believe today. Let us always call upon God, my friends. Trust Him through our daily troubles each and every day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you, Lord, giving you glory and honor this morning. And Lord, we are in a land of darkness. A land that is not our home. It's full of evil and we see it every day. We hear it every day. And it can get discouraging, Lord. 
But oh, we know you care for us. You hear our prayers when we pray in faith. And Lord, as we'll soon be beginning a new work week tomorrow, be with us, Lord, through those times, those turbulent times. Help us to be a witness to those who know you not as Lord and Savior, O Christ. And for any here today who are lost, O Lord God, I ask you to convict them of their need of salvation, that they may realize that their only hope is found in Christ, that He died upon the cross for sinners, that He arose from the dead for our justification. O Lord, help us always to look to the cross. And God, we just give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Uh, here in just a few minutes, we're going to be having a time of fellowship and food in the back. And before we uh, have our blessing upon the food, and um, I want to close out with a benediction, Aaron's benediction from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And may He do that for all of us today. And, uh, and I'm going to ask uh, Brother Gary if you would close us in prayer and ask the Lord's blessing upon the food.